What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of SaaS Marketing Makeover. Uh, it's your host, Garrett Merigut, and I am excited to be joined by Jared Gardner, the Director of Demand Generation for Service Titan. Uh, welcome to the show, Jared. Hey, hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Um, can't, can't tell you how nervous I am to do this thing live. Uh, so <laughs> if you like forced creativity and uh, coming up with smart ideas on the spot, this is the show for you. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jared, you're going to crush it. Have no worries, man. I'm super pumped for you uh, to also going to demonstrate some of your expertise. Um, now, what we're going to do today for everybody tuning in and watching is we're going to spin the wheel and select one of these SaaS companies right now. Now, I don't know who they are. Jared doesn't know who they are. I don't even know who the options are. So, uh, Ryan, can you spin the wheel for us? Ooh, I've heard of these, though. Oh, all right. I know most of these. That's a good start. Oh, we went cyber. Hey. All, all right. right. I just read okay. the earning report. I have. I know a bit about these guys. Um, oh, you just read the earning report. What are you doing with them? Are you invested in these guys? Ah, uh, man. When you're in SaaS, you just can't. Whatever you do, you can't get away from it, right? Love it. I love it. So, uh, my brain just went blank. It was was it CloudStrike, right? CloudStrike. Yeah. So for some reason, my brain went cyber strike. I'm like, that's not a company. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to share my screen. And we're going to take a look at them uh, together. And now, since we both know who they are, uh, and I've been competing with them for like four years with one of our clients, uh, we do everything for Sentinel One, literally endpoint protection. So um, we've been going head to head with CrowdStrike for years, and I can't fly into SF to visit my client without seeing CrowdStrike everywhere. But I'll <laughs> Let's take a look at their reviews real quick. So I usually look at three-star reviews. Um, first bad sign, I guess, for Sentinel One. They have no three-star reviews. So let's take a look at the four-star. Um, oh, wow. What was, what was the review count on that? Yeah, I'm going to go. Let's see. Uh, 25 without any three-stars. It's actually not. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a, kind of a low review count for a company their size, too. I'd well, you know what they did here, Jared? No, and that's not what they did. What they did, man, I bet you they broke out their product suite. So what I what I advise on, I see a lot of sharp SaaS companies that are multi-product. What they're doing is they'll take their different products and then they'll correlate them to different verticals. So this is their endpoint protection. Yeah, see this? Ah, yep, yep, yep. So okay. this is a really cheeky way to take market share from the review sites. So we first did this with exactly like almost four years ago. Um, because they had an SMB and an enterprise product, probably like you do, but they were struggling to take market share for both. So they broke it out, renamed them, rebuilt the reviews, and we were able to drive like 300% more MQLs the first quarter from taking market share. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, we, we've been thinking about doing something like that uh, for some of our like add-on products. And so you know, we have our core platform, which it, it really is like an all-in-one system for the trades. Um, but then we have add-on products that like a marketing pro suite of like a contact center suite as well. So we've been trying to decide if we want to break those out into separate products. The only problem is like then, you know, if we have a marketing suite, we're on the same grid with the Marquettas and the HubSpots and stuff like that, which, you know, definitely isn't our bread and butter. So we've been trying to weigh the pros and cons of that. I love that. You know, and uh, as a note on that, what we've done historically, just for context, is we'll get a rid of brand naming conventions on the product name when we do that with a client. So let's say a client comes to us and they are really good at a sales forecasting software. Sales forecasting software has volume, but there's no real categories for it. 
And so when you're trying to do category creation, or let's say you serve the professional services sector, like service Titan, but you're also a sales CRM, uh, something like a monday.com, right? Or something like that is maybe more professional services focused. We will go into the broader ocean, but use explicit naming conventions to do like essentially like commercial service CRM. And then okay. we'll still bid, but because we're using clarity in our copy and we're getting like, what I'm trying to do is create copy that makes the ideal customer say, finally a solution yeah, for me. Yeah. Wrong person go buy. Yeah. You're kind of like, you have an ad, a qualifying ad where somebody's going to quickly say like, that's, that's me or that's not me. Um, yep. And so that can kind of help with the lack of targeting on like the impression level, but at least being able to let people self opt in and self qualify. That's, that's good, man. I like that. Yeah, no, it works. Um, so let's see here. They're, they're saying security threats they're trying to solve, right? So they're trying to solve security threats such as ransomware and phishing. Okay, so that's what they're using the product for. Uh, I realized that the this endpoint protect... Okay, that looks like a good one, huh? Um, let's see. We are solving any high-level problems that may occur on an endpoint, not worried about malware, command, and control, or system being compromised. So awesome to see. Now let's go take a look at our friends over here, CrowdStrike. Wow, okay, I haven't seen a homepage like this. Okay, um, initially, Jared, what's your take on seeing a... So like from a conversion standpoint, the first thing, like this reminds me of, uh, I used to, uh, back in my agency days, work with um, one of the big in-home internet and phone providers and they serve both like a business and a consumer aspect and so their homepage uh, and you we probably you've probably seen it in other i'm trying to think of other good examples where you land on the homepage, and the first thing they want is like are you a business or are you a consumer yeah and like go to these like yeah it's like instantly you hit and then they're like tell us who you are right it's like go here go here that's actually like the the experience that i got I almost thought like it was like we stop so you can go as two different things. And so if like from a conversion standpoint, it feels like there's a left option or right option. And then I look closer and I'm like, oh, actually, no, that's one hero. Just like the creative treatment made us feel like it was two options. So I think that confused me off the bat a little bit read. there. Uh, Jared, I actually like I struggle to read white text on bright red, like from a just like a like my brain actually like. So I always talk about this. There's some like qualitative sides to CRO that I think we, a lot of times we forget, which is like, does our brain want to read something? So for example, I've always found that bright colors on white text, my brain decides not to read. And so I actually legitimately can't make myself read this unless I physically do. So I have to actually like physically decide that I'm going to have to read this, but my brain like avoids it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I agree. And just, I think just from a design a legibility standpoint, like it's a tiny, comes through a tiny bit zoomed out on my screen right now. And like yep. I, that, especially cause there's in the body copy in the hero, there's two different font sizes. So I can read these organizations keep the world running after that. I'm like, I'd have to like squint and put my nose next yeah. to the screen to, to read the rest. Well, let's say, let's give them the benefit out. What do you think they're going for here? Is it just cause they're trying to tell a story? We stop so you can go and then they want the, Red is stop, I guess, subconsciously, right? And then these are all um, movements. So they're maybe getting... Yeah, I think like, yeah. I think from like a brand standpoint, like when I think about it, and I, this is, I think we're maybe didn't come across right, right, right away. Like to your point, we stop 
it's red. So it's just like, don't worry about it. They're basically trying to message. We take care of the hard part so you can go and by go, they're showing a bunch of lifestyle images. So like you can go live your life. You can go do what I run your business without worrying about security. Um, So like when I think about it, I feel like that's probably what they're going for, but I don't, it didn't come across right away for me. It was like kind of jarring right when we hit their their home page to begin with. Yeah. I would say this is probably poorly executed just if I were them and I might want to rethink what this is because the irony, right, is you're using stop and bold and start as your CTA, right? Yeah. So So I went from like, we stop over here to, so you can go and that, and so I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, where's the button over here on this side where I can go? Um, so I, I agree that <clears throat> that was like, my eye goes left to right. And when it gets to the right, it's a little happier, but then there's nothing for me to do over there. And it's not always happy too. Cause I think there's like a fireman and it doesn't seem like the fireman won the fight. It looks like he's kind of losing <laughs> the fight. You know what I'm saying? So like right here, yeah. I don't know. It's just very interesting. I've never honestly in my whole career seen anything actually like this. So I guess I got to give them some, like they really swung for the fences, which I guess is cool. Now in your world, right? You're doing service Titan and it's a little bit more blue collar. So I think there might be, but you were at Qualtrics before. What's your take on this like register and like getting people into a value add like info type offer. And then this thing, which is probably more product centric, I'm guessing. No, maybe not. I don't know. What am I signing up for here? Oh, no. Brian, <laughs> Bruce, I told you to get me one of those. I wanted to be positive this show. Oh, um, man, yeah. I, I just don't know what – I don't know what Welcome to Anywhere is. Uh, okay. Is so, anywhere their product? I'm not – I actually have no clue what that just was in all transparency. And then over here, this one, Dev – I'm going to do something different too. Where's my guy, Brian? I'm going to add him to the show. Brian, you're on the show today. Okay. So I'm going to get some of your takes too. Uh, and you're so, going to have the heat for putting this one on the wheel now. <laughs> oh man. So, so we're, I, I think it's going to be good to get your insights too, Brian. So like for both of you guys and your perspective, when we're looking at this, have you guys ever done a form like this? I mean, I've done thousands of landing pages and millions and millions of spend. And I don't know if I've ever done a form I, I'm actually seeing things for the first time here. So I'm like, what's have you ever tested this? Just no. out of contact, um, Jared? I've never seen the form. Can you fill it out a little bit? It almost feels like a banner that you could dismiss at the top. Um, so take DevOps to the next level. I, at this point, like, so it's right there without scrolling. When we first clicked on this, I thought this was an ebook landing page. And then I was like, wait, didn't the homepage say a webinar? And so yeah. the fact that like C and C in that image to me looks like a, a tablet, like some like almost like an ebook. So I do feel like there's a hierarchy issue of information. It's like what it is, what it's about, then convert. And I feel Oh, I get it. It's crowdcast, CC, crowdcast. So this is, I think it's a it's an event they're doing. Okay. Um, so in your experience, Jared, in-house and outside, like how, how do we get to the point where something that like this is goes live, I guess, like, is there, how, and what, how does this happen organizationally? Do you know what I'm saying? Cause like, I've never seen anything like this. So they're doing something entirely different. Is this because they're working with uh, maybe a design group that's trying to do new things because they're not testing? Is it because they test and, this work better? Like, how do you get to these types of little things we're seeing that we don't 
frankly normally see in our profession. Yeah, my so my guess, and this obviously is just a guess, is that there was a UX UI or a creative designer, and sorry if CrowdStrike you're watching this and we're calling you out on this, um, that looked at a lot of SaaS websites and said, they all look the same, right? They all say the number one yep. platform for blah, 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 request yep. a demo. Like every everyone, like we've gone through this exercise in the past where we like printed out the homepage of every SaaS website in our vertical yep. and went like, wow, ours look exactly like that. Yeah, they all have a hand character giving someone a high five, right? Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're, it's all it's all little people building stuff, and like we're the number one platform. Little people, illustrated building stuff, and then request demo. Um, yeah. And so, you know, me being like the conversion person in the room would say like, well, they probably all do that because it works, not necessarily because they want to copy each other. And then we ran we ran a series of tests of like trying to be different, and we kept coming back to like the same. SaaS homepage that we all like know and hate, you know? Yeah, we all know and hate. It, it works, right? Exactly, like, exactly. And it's like, over it? <laughs> yeah. And depending on your space, like our space, like my my prospects aren't really looking at a lot of SaaS websites. Like we are, right? Like marketers use so many SaaS tools that like we're like, we've seen them all, but a lot of places like, a lot of roles and jobs are maybe only using one software. Like if you're in finance, you're probably using one or two pieces of software and you're not shopping for them all the time. And so I try to remind myself that too, of like what we see all the time isn't necessarily what our target audience is going to see all the time. So like bringing that full circle back is my guess is like the design direction was working really hard on being different and there probably wasn't a testing framework or they haven't got through that testing framework of like, Okay, this is different. We're going to make sure different is better, not different is different. I love that. Now, if you'll notice, Jeremy, when we're looking at it, right? So check this out. So we go from the homepage, right? And then we go here to the Falcon platform. But I can't click on them, right? So it kind of, it's telling me that cloud native threat graph, single agent. I'm hope, maybe I'm dumb in the sense that I, I'm not in security or anything, but I don't know what these words mean. Um, yeah, I think we uh, I think we get start to get into the what what SaaS companies, especially enterprise SaaS companies, love to do is kind of creating vaporware as they try to create a category. So it's like we got to be different. So okay. we need to yeah you know, we need to say cloud workload protection, artificial intelligence, and make up some words for it just so that we can differentiate ourselves from the competitors. Um, Garrett, click on that explore platform link there. I'm assuming that's going to take us to like a slash platform type page. Okay. This is kind Tell of cool. us about the Falcon platform a bit. Okay. Now, okay. So now we're going full width on our design. So we've kind of changed design, but this is kind of cool. Okay. I can yeah, click so on this is, oh, kind of all right. Yeah. I feel like they should have put this on the home page. Yeah. I mean, now I know what threat intelligence is, no matter how you know dumb I am, and security and IT I get, endpoint security I get, APIs something I care about. Um, but I think they go. I like how they go a level deeper, so they go into kind of like the area of the solution, and then they go directly into the use case, right? So like a malware search, mal malware search. That's like a use case that if an, I have. I don't do IT, but if I did, I would think that's something I want to happen all the time. And I'm like, yeah, checks the box. That was something on my list of things that I wanted. Where like, if we go we think back to the homepage, there was three buckets that actually don't even really line up with any of the buckets here, where they were like, 
you know, we made up the like ideate design and scale like that. You know, we just named three buckets of our process where it wasn't really tangible, where this is a whole lot more tangible. And I like how they, they're backing it up here with some data about, you know. Yeah, and they got a, a graph data sheet that I don't have to pay for. I mean, now we're starting to, I love this, right? Now we're starting to get into some really great marketing <laughs> from the CrowdStrike team. Um, our tune changed really quick between the homepage and this page. Uh, it got a lot more, uh, a lot more positive. Oh yeah! Now we've got. Uh, oh, ouch! I was just okay. about to say, like using YouTube's and using YouTube's and no, 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 from like a GDPR and cookie standpoint, as opposed to like a Wistier or Vidyard. Yep. No, and but I like this page in the sense that they're showing it to us now, Brian. You know, in your experience when you do something big like this and it's so heavy, have you seen it like a difference on mobile or something like anybody who's paying attention should be aware of? Um, I'd have to shrink it down. Um, my thoughts would go back to like, you know, that video making sure it works. And um, yeah, with this kind of interactivity, if you shrunk down your window right now, I would assume that most of it wouldn't be interactive anymore. Um, and it would be a, just really hard to understand and you know wouldn't be as responsive um something we're working on on our own site now you know how do we balance between the desktop and mobile versions when trying to portray a diagram like this it, it becomes a little bit bastardized yeah i like I the, how they simplify it there though a lot of times i've seen people just be like uh, okay on mobile it's just an image and it's a small image i like how they they didn't just say like Okay, we're gonna make it static and smaller. They literally rearranged it on mobile, which I like. I think that you just you can't be as cute on mobile is like what it comes down to. Like you don't have you don't have a hover state because you have to tap and you have less screen real estate. You can see less at one time, and so I feel like that was a pretty good way of getting their point across yeah. um, without trying to stuff all of this information into a smaller screen. No, I think they did a great job. Now, one of the things I find interesting too, right, is you have Falcon Search and you have Malware Search. How do you, you know, you've been internally, Jared, how, how do you try to be a voice of reason in the room to say we should call it a Malware Search and not a Falcon Search? Because, you know, like, I know why people want to do it and it's fun to name things and it's cool, but I think it's kind of bad marketing. What, what's your take on naming products like Falcon X and Falcon Search and Falcon Sandbox instead of Malware Analysis? Yeah, we, uh, I've been in that conversation a lot of times. Um, so, you know, my background was in SEO and like that first time getting into SaaS at, at Qualtrics, I was the SEO lead. And yep. so there was always, you know, somebody from like a product team that wanted to name a product, um, you know, review booster or something like that instead of like reputation management. Uh, that maybe that's a bad example because review, review boosters, you can imagine what that's like. But you know, making up a name for something as yep. opposed to just like calling it what it is. Qualtrics uh, booster, and right? like it's called Qualtrics booster. We don't know what Qualtrics booster is, right? Compared yeah, exactly. And so you know, like any good SEO would do, like, well, here's the search volume for this. So you could just start getting this right now if you name it this with the authority that we have. Or here's the search volume for this thing, and and then I you know try to be kind of a voice of reason of, of, of beyond just the SEO is that if you have to explain it to me, I work here and I don't get it. So like you're gonna have to <laughs> the amount of times I've said that in my career, looking at like a comp on a, a web page, and I'm like, 
you have to explain this to me. And I worked here for three years and I know, like, I know what we sell and I don't yep. get it. So I think a lot of times, like, true, people are trying a little bit too hard to be cute over, or being clever over being clear. And like a lot yep. of times just like call it what it is. Like, especially if it's something that already exists. One of the, one of the worst trends that I see at SAS right now is uh, everybody trying to do category creation when they're already in an existing category, right? So like Shots category, fired. Creation is, category <laughs> creation is great if a category doesn't exist. But what I hate is when like this, the person who's in like second or third place in that category doesn't like being in second or third place. And so they're like, we're now the everything platform instead of the automation. Platform. And I think there's some nuance to category creation. One, the people who create categories are innately good at it because of their skill sets and their products. So what I mean by that, they have a mass market freemium type product that can create many users and thus create a amplification built into the product that can let them create a category like a drift where they have a free bot that everyone can use and then they can try to create a category. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think it's like, you, you got to have a, a level of a product suite too, to be able to create a category, right? Like if, if, and I think like Drift started out as just being a chatbot yep. and they were like, we're conversational marketing. And I'm like, yeah, you're kind of just a chatbot, but they made some acquisitions like through the acquisition, uh, they now have a video product. They have their email reply, which was Sift Brock that they purchased where now they can like sift through email replies integrated with Marketo. All of those yep. things, actually fit pretty well into the umbrella of conversational marketing. Like email is conversational. Uh, and there's is great at thought leadership, right? So you can't yeah. like take away the fact that they had a world-class marketing person in Dave, who's great at promoting and then a CEO that was bought in and then the right product for it. And then people see that and like, we need to create a category, but they don't have enough users. They don't have a product suite like you're talking about and they don't have a CEO who does a podcast every day, right? So it's kind of like you need a lot to do that. Now, when we're looking at this blog, right? So let's talk SEO since that's your background. What's your take on like websites changing their menu for their blog and it feeling like it's disconnected? Is that a bad thing when you look at the data? Does it matter? Like what, what's been your experience on these like completely different looking CMSs on blogs? Yeah, I've had this conversation a few times and uh, my I generally like it to feel like the same uh, navigation from the rest of the site. <clears throat> but I've like had this argument with like UX teams and UX researchers and like we've had a pretty hard time coming up with a clear data-driven answer. And so like I kind of keep coming back to like, well, that's my opinion. And, you know, I think we should do that because it's my opinion. So I like I have a hard time really like really giving hard data back answers here. I think like two things that are a little bit harder to prove that I, I really like to rely on is like one, like we're in the we're in the business of selling software. We're not in the business of page views. And so getting people from one page one blog post to another blog post to another blog post to another blog post is great. But you know what's a lot better? Getting somebody from their first blog post to our product page. Because we're in the business of selling software. So I like to think of those like macro motivations of what we're doing for the user is like the reason we're making this blog is to get people aware of our product. And so if we remove all in destinations into our product, like our, what are we doing for the business here? Um, I like that. And you know, I'm sure there's content marketers who will say, well, if if you build trust with content, 
they'll eventually, when they're ready to buy, they'll, they'll, they'll come and buy. But that's a little that's bit harder to prove than like, they landed on this page they converted on that page, I can prove that. And yep. that's that's has a monetary impact on the business. So I think that's like usually my number one argument. And then my number two argument is like, well, your blog's probably gonna get your internal, it's gonna get your link equity. And if you don't have links to your product pages, it's, your blog's not gonna help your product rank by passing you know, page equity and link authority through the navigation. Um, and there's like hacks you can do around that, like footer and stuff like that. But between those two, I've usually been able to win the, win the argument that like we should have one uniform, uniform navigation, but yeah. I've never been able to definitively prove it. What about yeah, you guys? Have you guys been able to like run tests that way or what do you, what are your stance on that usually? Okay. So I was pretty hardcore that, uh, every page that's important to you put in the menu because Google uses that as leverage in the sense that like, if you don't think it's important enough to put in the menu, why should it be important enough to rank well in our index? Right. If there's not like a link to the resource hub, it's not that the blog itself is linked, but like the blog's linked from the main menu and then a post and, and it's within, let's say two clicks. Then I started doing these shows and I started auditing more and more unique different types like Grammarly, for example, has no freaking menu structure and they rank for like every keyword related to grammar ever written. <laughs> and they have the worst internal architecture from their homepage I've ever seen. So like my mind's kind of completely blown on that. And I've seen multiple examples now where people aren't even linking their blog or their resources hub in their menu and they're dedicating it to actions like products, demos and CTAs. And they're not suffering at all organically. So I've definitely changed my tune and I've seen footers start to work. Um, so yeah, that's definitely kind of where I'm coming from there. But I no. used to be pretty hardcore on it. Now, I'm curious on this trial thing. As we're wrapping up here, because I want to get us to kind of three solid recommendations. Try it free for 15 days. What do you think about that offer, Jared? And then Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty solid offer. Uh, this this is one where I know, like, because just because I happened to read their earnings report the other day, I know that trial is their pretty, their really go to market model, um, which I think is pretty interesting. And I'd love to know more about their uh, their target audience. Uh, like when I see their homepage, I felt like the the CIO, the CEO, was their audience because everything was like, what does this actually do? When I think of like developer-led products like a Stripe, like a Twilio, things like that, where developers are signing up for a free trial, it's usage-based pricing. Um, they generally want to like, let's go build a proof of concept with this thing first, and then we'll go scale and, and sell, it, sell it up the chain. Um, so when I saw like a lot of the vague messaging, I felt like it was very, their audience was very C-level. But then you get to a trial, which is like, if you're gonna do a trial, you're gonna be the end user of this thing, right? You wanna go like try it out. So one of the things about trial that's interesting for me is it feels like it'd be hard to do a rollout into your Gmail to be like, okay, we're now doing that like phishing protection. Um, so from a business model, like it must work for them, but I, I think I am a little bit surprised by that just because how difficult the onboarding would be. And maybe that's what makes CloudStrike great is that they're onboarding super smooth and so they can win with yeah. a trial. Um, overall, I think this page is okay. Um, I could use it like the social proof is a little buried. Mm -hmm. um, I love this quote, right? Like, the CSO at Rackspace, why not throw that son of a gun right up here above the fold, right? Yeah, and like I think in that red box, once again, that, like a big red box that demands a lot of attention where I feel like they could 
make the form, the big red box, turn the button to white, put logos on the left. And like, this is a tried and true demo case layout. Like you know, we've all seen it. Um, but you know, you should basically flip that, put the focus, you know, you're, you're going to hit, uh, we're actually testing that go slash demo on, on, on our domain. All right. I'll get you one sec. Here we go. Yeah, like this is you know, it's, like, it's like it's a tried and true demo page, right? Like, <laughs> company. And the thing is, dude, we've tested the hell out of this, and like we keep coming back to like basically this. Um, Outcome, so, social proof, social proof, third party yeah. validated social proof. Yeah. Simple focus on the form, right? And so, like on this version, my ad goes to the form where. With CloudStrike, it goes to that red box, which is like fast and easy protection against all threats. Okay, that's cool. But like the goal, like if I'm to this page, I'm already convinced of that. Like yep. to try it free with a white square, it really gets lost. It's a lot of different shades. Of, it's 50 shades of gray over there in that box. Um, and so like calling out no credit card required, that's a good thing. You should probably make a little bit bigger. Um, and then getting the social proof up. I do like the immediate time to value, the kind of value props that they have across the bottom. Immediate time to value, better performance, better protection. Immediate time to value, I think is a good one. Better performance, better protection are a little vague. They could probably get more clear with that. Yep. And then here are the, the uh, here's the third party validation that we're looking for. So I think you gotta just scrunch it down, like get it quick, hit it. I think especially, and maybe that's because I look at so many SaaS sites that I think of like, yep. I come through and I go, reviews are good, customer list is good, quotes and, and people who use it are good. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Those are three things that I look for because like, you know, and maybe that's, I'm biased because I've built these pages before. Um, but, you know, we we all test it. And kind of, once again, like they all look the same because it works a lot of times, not just because we're copying each other. Well, Brian, you did send the one, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. did I've taken a look at this page a lot. So there's a few things I noticed, you know, um, one thing I would suggest is maybe if 15 days, I wonder why, I wonder if you can, they can make it clear what to expect in terms of, you know, after you fill out the form, what's going to happen and, and how you're going to get onboarded. That could be, I, I second Jared's opinion on moving the social proof up a lot higher. I think that's wise and it's a value prop that they're try, trying to highlight throughout the page. And I've looked at these pages over the years and that fortune section here and the the logos that they're trying to highlight they've used for a very long time um yeah one suggestion on the form i had um, would be to test including the label because if you start filling out your name or your company name you might lose track of what field you're actually putting in so i know yeah. we've tested that versus having a field label and it's sometimes help um yep. but yeah, I mean, uh, what to expect after the trial, I think, would help. And Yeah, that was where my head went at, too, the whole time, was I'm very skeptical when people say start now. I don't actually think I can start now. So if you're going to say that, like, validate it, right? Like, no, no, like, start upon clicking, but, like, give me something that validates it a little bit more. So, no, I love it. Now, let's go back to the homepage. So three things we want to do, Jared, different, right? You got three things you can do. What are those three things? Uh, unify the hero so that your eye progresses through the messaging and lands on the call to action. So I think that's uh, get rid of this like left, right situation. Make that maybe we stop threats period 
so you can live your life, period, request a demo uh, or start a free trial. So I think that's one. The next one is like, you know, above the fold, I have four different calls to actions here. I got start a free trial on the hero. I got to read more up top. I got a register now. I got to see how, uh, what do you want me to do here? Like pick, pick your poison. Um, At least like stagger them, like start trial. And then maybe you could have a secondary CTA there of like talk to sales or something like that. But at least let me know what the thing that I should be doing. Um, And then make it less vague. Like I think uh, on the platform page, we saw a lot of like, what their platform does and how they do it, which is like, to me, the proof like this, like right put here. that on the homepage. Like when I do this, I'm like, all right, I know what you do now. When I read their homepage, I didn't know what they did really. Yep. Um, so that would be, those would be the two, like the two first things I would think about. And then obviously that all funnels through the trial page. So I think the trial page can be shorter, more direct, um, really getting yep. focused on people filling out that form. Um, multi-step form would be a good thing to test for them or more of like an onboarding experience, especially when you're going into the product. It feels a lot like a request demo form, like fill this out, somebody's going to call you. I think making it feel like, you know, enter your email and get your account started. Yeah, like a creating a form. Yeah, exactly. Use something like a clear bit that's going to like go enrich all of their data anyway. So like, especially this is an enterprise product, like those people are going to be in the tool like clear bit. So Put in your put in your business email. If you if they're not in Clearbit, ask them their name. If they are, just like speed that up. And so I think you can make it. To me, that would make it feel more like I'm actually starting to use the product as opposed to like I'm filling out a demo form. Which there's nothing wrong with demo forms, but you just want to be clear with what you're asking people to do. No, hundred percent. And I love Jared. First off, perfect man. Like awesome work. I know. Are you, are you less? Are you less nervous now? Less nervous now. Yeah, yeah. It's easier. Once you start talking marketing, you kind of forget that you're live streaming. So uh, it works out. Hey, don't worry. We only have 10,000 people tune in. There's going to be a lot of hateful comments. No, I'm just kidding. You're good, man. This was awesome having you. If people want to follow along, Jared, and like learn more, uh, how, how can they follow, follow you online? Uh, yeah, easiest way is Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter. Don't comment a lot, but read a lot. So Digga Gardner is my handle. Um, I'm sure you guys will share it out in the, in the show notes. So that's the easiest way. I, you know, I'm pre- it's pretty easy to respond to me and everything like, or to reach me and I'll, I'll respond back. Happy to, you know, jump in the DMs and get some advice whenever you need it. So thanks for having me, guys. This has been a good time. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for everyone. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, tune in next week. If you ever want free insights on SaaS marketing, check out Society. Um, and we're super glad you joined us. Thank you, everybody, and uh, have a great day. Bye. Thanks, guys.